Hi, I'm AJ, your host. When we leave this world, all that is left of us are our stories and photographs. If our words no longer flow from our breath, it is up to those we leave behind to tell our tales of a life well lived. If you are in the mood for a story, then you have come to the right place. So take a seat, friend, as you are in for a Johnson's Tale. Welcome to the Johnson's Tales podcast. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining us this week for another tale from a well-lived life. By now, you know the drill. It's week seven. You know that you need to sit down, buckle up, check your neighbors around you, keep your hands in the car, because we are going back in time. Unfortunately, I do not know the year because Gary refused to tell me the year that this story occurred because he did not want to date himself. All he told me was it was winter. So grab your hats, your mittens, your scarf, bundle up, and settle in for a tale. So back in the day, I had this great friend who is no longer with us, but his memories fill my heart. He was quite the character and got us into some crazy stuff. We spent a lot of time together, especially hunting and fishing. On my walk today, I was wishing for a fire to sit next to, and it reminded me of a time I went ice fishing with him. We had our usual place down at the lake, so we headed there. It was about a half mile from the landing, and we had to walk because the ice wasn't thick enough to drive on. So we got to where we wanted to place our tip-ups. We went odds or evens to see who would do the tip-ups or go get the fire going. We always brought hot dogs and beer. I won and decided on the tip-ups. There wasn't much good firewood on the island. And I didn't want to work my ass off. So I went to set up the tip-ups. We always took turns chasing flags no matter whose line it was. You got to keep the fish you caught though. So after I set up the tip-ups, I headed over to what I thought would be a nice fire. As I got to shore, there was a huge stack of firewood. And my best friend was sitting there using it as an ottoman. There was no fire. So I asked him, where's the fire? He looked at me and said, hey, Johnson, you got any matches? No, don't tell me. He shook his head. So we sat there looking at the stack of firewood, wondering what to do. So he looks at me and says, your wife smokes, right? We had come in my car. He said, go check and see if there are any in the car. So I walked back to my car and I looked around. There were no matches. There was no lighter. I felt defeated. So I walked back to where he was sitting. He and I, we sat there a little bit longer in the cold. He looked at me and said, what if you go back to your car and get a couple of those cigarette butts and light them on fire? And then we could use that fire to start our fire. I looked at him. Are you kidding me? Do you know how, do you know how gross that would be? Do you, do you know how gross that would be? That's gross. As we got colder, that idea was looking just a tad bit brighter. 
So I finally gave in and I trudged all the way back to my car and sifted through the ashtray. Those butts were gross. They were covered in lipstick. I looked for the two longest ones. So I got the first butt going with my lighter in the car. Halfway back, I lit the other. Just as I got back to the fire, the butts went dead. Needless to say, there was cursing and laughing, so we sat there cold, contemplating eating cold hot dogs. When we heard a snowmobile in the distance, it was a girl we knew. She decided to check on us when she didn't see a fire. As she pulled up, she said, hey guys, where's the fire? We said in unison, you got matches? She said, no boys, but I got a lighter. Oh, yeah. She said, you mean you fools came out here with no matches? She was just laughing her ass off at us. So we sat there by the fire sharing a hot dog and beer with her laughing <laughs> and laughing at ourselves. Never go into the woods without matches. The next time, you can sure bet we both had matches and a lighter. We were not going to be cold this time. I wonder if Gary went as far as putting his matches in a waterproof case. You know, in case a college student went rogue one time and accidentally flipped the canoe over. The worst, one thing that is worse than forgetting your matches is having wet matches. Nobody likes a wet match. It doesn't work. So I often wonder if you put them in a waterproof case. I definitely would. I'd also put the lighter in a waterproof case. Anyways, I digress. Let's get back to telling some tales, my friends. We got one more this week. When I first became the director of the First Nation Center at the University of Wisconsin-Superior, they sent me to a system workshop for department chairs over there at the Treehaven Center by Tomahawk. We took two cars. The center was two identical dorms that were attached to one main building. And in the main building was dining, a bar, classrooms, you know, for conferences. It was a weekend workshop. It was also the night of the presidential debates. I won't say which one to avoid dating myself. They also had an open bar. As I didn't drink, I didn't partake. After growing weary of the debate and the discussion, I decided it was time for bed. These people put four adult men in one room. It was really tight. In the morning as we got up and got ready to go to the meetings, we looked around our room and noticed that one of our roommates didn't make it home. We were all surprised and had no idea where he was. So we headed down to breakfast. When we got there, we spotted our roommate looking worse for wear. He had a bandage on his forehead, hiding a black eye. So I whispered, what happened last night? He shushed me and told me that he would tell me later. What I found out was he came back from the debate discussion not feeling any pain. Code word for tipsy. Now the dorms you see, they are exactly identical. We were in the furthest dorm from the center. Well, our roommate came back a little tipsy and entered what he thought was our room in the first dorm. He didn't turn on the lights 
because he did not want to disturb anybody. He took his clothes off in the dark and crawled into what he thought was his bed. Only to find somebody already sleeping in it. It would seem that a struggle ensued. A fight. A fight to sleep in said bed. And our roommate, he lost the battle. He ended up sleeping in the bathroom of the dorm that we weren't even in. It was pretty quiet on the ride home. But there were lots of smiles as we sat there and just looked at each other. So my friends, let this be a lesson. If you are going to overindulge, be sure you know where you sleep. Hearing that story made me remember a time that I was at a conference with Gary and members of the American Indian Student Organization. During my college career, I got to go to several different types of conferences with Gary. Sometimes I presented, sometimes I was just there to absorb all the information that I could and then use that in my everyday life. While at these conferences, Gary was very strict during the day, it was all business. He reminded us that we were a representative of him and a representative of the university. So he wanted us on our best behavior. He did not want any shenanigans during the day. In the evening, after dinner, after the conference activities concluded for the day, he let us have a little bit of fun. We could go to the bar, we could get drinks, and a lot of these conferences were held in casinos. So we were allowed to go out and, and gamble and have fun, listen to music, just as long as we didn't end up like sloshed. He was like, if you end up sloshed and you're extremely hungover the next day, we're going to have to have a talk and it's not going to be a fun talk. And I was like, I never want to be on the wrong end of a Gary Johnson talk. I do not want to be on the wrong end of that. So there was a group of us one night. We went to the bar. We had a few drinks. I was a little bit tipsy. Uh, so we're a couple other people and we decided to go out and play the penny slots on the floor. Oh, the penny slots were running hot that night. We won, uh, we won some money and we were having a lot of fun and a gentleman by the name of Jeff was with us. It was myself, Joy, a couple other people and Jeff. Jeff decided he had enough for the night. He was like, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm going to go to my room. Well, he goes to his room and finds out that his roommate had engaged the safety latch on the inside so he could not open the door and his roommate was not waking up so he was stuck outside of his room so he comes back to the casino sees that joy and i are still awake doing what joy and i do just having a blast and it's probably about around midnight 12 30 and he's like hey i got locked out of my room they're not waking up can i sleep in your room and we're like yeah that's fine you can sleep on the couch in our room because Joy and I were lucky that year. Normally it's like four people to a room, but we had a double room to ourselves. Not saying that we were Johnson's favorites, but we had a room to ourselves. So Jeff came, he slept on the couch. Everything is fine and dandy until I start hearing him snore. Oh my God. This kid snored so incredibly loud and I don't know what it is with snoring, but I'm one of those people, when I sleep, I like it dark, I like it a little chilly, and I like it quiet. Like you can hear a pin drop. I don't want any noise. 
So when I hear somebody snore in my sleep, it makes me want to claw my eyeballs out. I don't know what it is, but it just really gets my goat. And I'm just like, oh my God. And I could not sleep. And I'm tipsy. I'm tired. I have to present the next day. And I have this person in my room snoring extremely loud. And I, I wanted to like strangle him, but I didn't because I reminded myself that if I did, that would make Gary look bad. I'd have to go to jail, which I'd have to go to prison and I wouldn't do well in prison. I wouldn't do well in prison. So I just like put on a sweater. I was in my pajamas. I put on a sweater and I was like, well, I'll just sit out in the lobby. Like maybe he'll wake up at like 6 a.m. Maybe he's an early bird and be able to get back into his room. So I'm sitting out in the lobby. It's now probably almost two in the morning at this time. And there's this big fireplace in the lobby. I'm just sitting on the couch, watching the fire, like kind of dozing in and out. And lo and behold, for some reason, Gary comes walking through the lobby. And at first, like he was like, wait, is that one of my kids? And he stops, turns around. Kid, what are you doing out here? Do you know what time it is? Like he went into father mode. And I'm like, oh my God, Gary, Gary. And I'm like, Gary, we were out in the casino and we had some drinks and we were playing the penny slots and Jeff was with us. And then Jeff went back to his room and his roommate locked him out of his room and he couldn't get back into his room. So he's sleeping in mine and Joy's room on the couch and he snores like, he snores so loud, Gary, I swear to God, he just woke up every dead person within a hundred mile radius of this stinking casino. And he just looks at me and he's like, what? Tell me. And I'm like telling him and he's like, okay, so Jeff is in your room and he snores really loud. I'm like, yes. I'm like, but Joy is dead asleep and I don't want to wake her back up because Gary's like, well, I'll just go get Jeff and I'll bring him to my room and he can sleep. And I'm like, that would be great. But. I grabbed my cell phone, but I forgot my key card in the room. Like, my key card is in the room. I cannot get into our hotel room. (laughs) Doing what he does, he just starts laughing, and he's like, okay, come on, come sleep in my room. So I ended up sleeping on the couch in his room (laughs) that night, and I woke up, like, Joy woke up, and she texted me, like, where are you, girl? Like, freaking out that she can't find me. And I text her and I like wake up and I'm like, I'm in Gary's room sleeping. So she's like, I'm awake. And Jeff was awake and Jeff was able to go back to his room. His roommate like apologized profusely, let him back into his room. And I get into my room and we were all supposed to get together for breakfast. So Joy goes ahead to breakfast. Everybody goes ahead to breakfast and they're all eating breakfast. and They're looking around and somebody's like, where the hell is AJ? Where'd she go? (laughs) Joy just kind of like, I guess just laughed and Gary kind of looked at her and they both just kind of laughed and they're like, where is she? Like, where did she go? Like, where is she? (laughs) And those two start laughing. And by this point, I'm like ready. I'm dressed. I'm showered. I stumble into breakfast, not because I'm hungover, but because I'm tired. I didn't get that much sleep the night before. And people are like, you look a little worse for wear. What were you up to? And I was like, oh my God, you guys. I'm like, Joy and I and Jeff and whoever else, 
we went to the bar. We had some drinks. We went and played the penny slots until like midnight. Jeff's roommate locked him out of his room, so he slept in our room. And oh my God, he snores so loud, he could wake up every dead person within a hundred mile radius of this gosh darn casino. And the only thing that kept me from like strangling him was my fear of going to prison. I wouldn't do well in prison, so I went out to the lobby and that's where Gary found me and I slept in Gary's room last night. That's where I was sleeping and I just looked at Jeff and I was like, Jeff, do you know how fucking loud you snore? Like, I fear for your future wife. Like, you're gonna wake up your whole gosh darn neighborhood. You snore so loud. And I look over out of the corner of my eye Gary just kind of has his hand on his forehead and you can tell like he's trying to hold in the laughter but he can't hold the laughter in anymore and he's just like bright red just laughing and Joy is pretty much doubled over laughing at this point and he's like this is why I love having you around because you're always entertaining and we never know what the heck you're gonna say next like you could wake up a dead person within a hundred mile radius and then everybody is just laughing. And I'm just sitting there like, yeah, you could wake up the dead within a hundred miles of this place. And it was just so funny at the end of the day. So yeah, that truly is a lesson. You should communicate with your roommates. Make sure everybody knows exactly where they're gonna sleep at that night. Remember to always carry your hotel key card with you. Always carry your hotel key card with you. And hey, if that key card doesn't work in the door, or you can't open that door, <laughs> it's a good thing to have friends that will take you into their room, but I don't know if they'll be your friend after they hear how loudly you snore. They might like question that friend. <laughs> don't worry, I was still friends with Jeff after the fact, even though I almost wanted to like murder him in his sleep because of his snoring. But yes, never drink too much that you stumble into the wrong bed. Always carry your hotel key card, communicate, with your roommates to let them know if you're going to be back late so they don't put the safety latch on. Otherwise, you're going to end up sleeping in the hotel lobby and then in your professor's hotel room, or you're going to end up sleeping with two girls, which one of them happens to not be able to stand snoring. Let that be a lesson, folks. <laughs> let that be a lesson. hope you enjoyed that tale as much as I did. If you would like to find out more about Gary Johnson and the story you just heard, head on over to johnsonstales.com. Did you know Gary? Do you have a story to share? Send it on over to johnsontales at gmail.com. Take care and I will see you next week for another Johnson's Tale.